And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, you have just fell off a cliff of epic rookie manager using three relievers in the sixth inning. Cliff. I was so excited watching this game as the Reds' bats came alive a little bit. They stringed together some hits, got the lead. Tanner Rourke, as I said last night on the recap, was pitching great. He had pitched five innings, allowed three runs. And what what did I say last night? I said, Tanner Rourke needs to go seven innings, allow less than four earned runs. Well, David Bell has the lead, four to three. And I'll give it to Bell a little bit on the fact that Tanner Rourke had 93 pitches through five. But the bottom of the lineup for the Pirates was coming back up that sixth inning, and there was no reason to have Jared Hughes start that next sixth inning because they had the pitching spot coming back up the next time up on the top of the seventh. So at the very least, you see if Tanner Rourke can go out and get some quick outs, maybe get out of there with less than 10 pitches. But no, what does David Bell do? David Bell brings in Hughes. Hughes has a runner on first, then Hughes gets a ground ball, the runner's on second. So what does David Bell do? Just like last night, using Amir Garrett, he brings in another pitcher, and he brings in Zach Duke. So Zach Duke comes in there, and he walks the next batter. And let me tell you something, people. The batter he walked, I think, was Adam Frazier. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong on who it was. But it was a left-handed batter, and it was the bottom of the lineup. And it's not like you've got to bring in uh, Zach Duke to neutralize this left-handed behemoth, Adam Frazier. Do you understand what I'm saying? This isn't Bryce Harper. This this isn't some kind of Joe Maurer. This isn't, you know, some left-handed power hitter or a Joey Votto type. This is Adam Frazier. And I cannot believe that he brings in a loogie to face this left-handed batter. And I'll tell you what. I'm so discombobulated right now that it's just craziness. So then here we are. It's a Zach Duke versus, it was a pinch hitter, Adam Frazier. And let me tell you something. They bring in Adam Frazier, and Adam Frazier is a, a fine, okay hitter, but he's not some kind of world beater. So why are you bringing in Zach Duke? You're not facing Babe Ruth here. Jared Hughes is a ground ball pitcher. He's a sinker baller. Frazier's not this super home run hitter, line drive guy anyway. He's a middle infielder. And anyway, let's get back to the the, the craziness of this game. Zach Duke walks Adam Frazier. You can't even make it up. But I'm not I'm not blaming Zach Duke 
I'm blaming David, rookie manager, doesn't have a game plan, Bell. He don't even know who's coming up in the top of the next inning. Because you, he burned three relievers. Because then he brings in uh, Michael Lorenzen. And what have I said about Michael Lorenzen? He's been overused. He's the most used reliever on this team. And then Lorenzen, whatever he's doing, he's showing the baseball too much or whatever. But then he gives up a couple. Then he gives up a couple runs, and it's just it's 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 mind-boggling how you can do this, David Bell. You you were a major leaguer. You you had all spring training to to to, to, to try and figure this stuff out about a game plan. And who's on rest and who's on short rest and how many days they pitch? That's the problem. This guy has an eight-man bullpen, and he thinks he can use five pitchers a game. How many times have I talked about this? Just yesterday, he used Amir Garrett for one batter. And then he had to pinch hit for them, and then he has to bring in another reliever. It's It's crazy. Yeah, am I fired up? Yeah, because the Reds had a chance to win today. All they had to do was leave Tanner Rourke out there to finish off the bottom. We're talking about the bottom three hitters in the lineup of the Pittsburgh Pirates. We're not talking about the 1927 Yankees. We're talking about the 2019 Pittsburgh Pirates. The bottom of the order. You just got through the hardest part of the order, which was Josh Bell. So... Three relievers to get through the sixth. And then there was a miracle. Because my favorite player, probably your favorite player too, Joey Votto comes out. And he hits a solo shot. And man, it was a beauty. And it tied up the game five to five. And I, I think everybody in Reds Nation was, was, just, was just ecstatic. Because Votto, Votto finally got his power stroke back. He's putting the ball in play trying to hammer some hits, you know, drive the baseball, not looking to take a walk every time if it's, if it's not there. So, uh, yeah, man, it's just, it's just a craziness. And then guess who pitches the eighth or seventh? Then he brings in Amir Garrett, who, of course, just pitched one yesterday. But he had him strike out one better. So then he came, brings him out today. And, you know, Amir Garrett did good. Amir Garrett got through that uh, eighth with only ten pitches. You know what I mean? You understand? Well, then they had to pinch it for him. And then they bring in Rysiel Glacius. And Rysiel Glacius hasn't been a starter before. He can pitch two innings. But David Bell... Gets two good innings out of him, and then decides to throw him out there for a third inning. And he and this is the first week of the season, basically. Why are you having Racy Glacius pitching three innings in the first week of the season? You gotta. Maybe I'm on the another planet, but in my opinion, you get Racy Glacius two innings here and there and here and there, and then if you're in the if you're really in this situation in the meat of the season, then you might let him go out there for nine innings. But this is the eighth game of the season, David Bell. But I digress. You've, you've burned Jared Hughes, who could pitch an inning. You burned Garrett, who could pitch multiple innings. Zach Duke, I'll agree, who basically should be a loogie. 
throwing junk up there to dead red fastball hitters to make sure they don't jack a homer. And then you're overusing Michael Lorenzen. David Bell, man, I'm going to tell you what. There is an answer to this, and it's not firing David Bell. The answer is to bring in a vet. Right now, I'm not knocking this guy, but Freddie Benavides, he's been around a long time. He played shortstop for the Reds as a backup. He came up back in the 90s, I think. He's been around the game for a long time. He's the bench coach on this team. Now, I like Freddie Benavides. I'm not knocking him, as I just said. But this team needs a veteran presence, either manager or a bench coach that's been around a long time to help David Bell in-game manage this. Because I'm not trying to say just bury David Bell, but David Bell has no help. And David Bell's a rookie manager. He needs a veteran sitting there. And I'm not talking about like uh, getting Ned Yost from the Royals or anything like this craziness, but like a Ned Yost type guy who's been around for a while that could sit there in the bench seat that has no want to to manage again. You know what I mean? And maybe that's even a stretch. You know, he just needs a veteran guy who's managed a long time. So uh, I'm going to throw this suggestion out there to the Reds front office. You need to hire Wally Backman, who is the most winningest AAA manager. Now, I know he's got some fleas on him because of uh, some, uh, I think it's some domestic abuse or something where his wife called the cops on him and he went to jail. But I, I don't even think there is, uh, I, I don't think there was any fire around that smoke. But it was over 12 years ago or something. Wally Backman's been a most triple, winningest AAA manager. Been there, done that, can figure out a game plan, can help David Bell so much. And the problem is, you know, if New York hired him or LA hired him, you know, you might have some back uh, backlash from the media. But in Cincinnati, they could hire a guy like Wally Backman to be the bench coach to really straighten the game, the in-game management out. So David Bell can just manage the team. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that's my suggestion, Cincinnati Reds, Dick Williams, Nick Crawl. Get Wally Backman on the phone. He's a brilliant manager. He can bring some intensity to the bench. He can help out the defense, especially if you're going to deploy Jose Peraza at second base. You can either get a veteran manager, bench coach type guy to help out David Bell. That's the problem here. David Bell brought in a couple of his own guys and Derek Johnson and uh, Turner Ward. And then the Reds outfitted the rest of the staff, which is just, well, he also brought in J.R. House. So it's just the rest of this entire thing. has. That's why they needed a, a, to bring in Brad Osmus. That guy has learned all these mistakes, has, has figured it out. So if you're going to sit there and hire the second rookie manager in a row, from Brian Price to David Bell, you got to have some veteran presence. And I know I'm not saying they should have kept Jim Riggleman as the bench coach. That would have been a horrible situation for David Bell. You bring in Wally Backman, who knows every nuance and every nook and cranny of this game, and I'm telling you what, he will have this team turned around, they'll use the pitching staff correctly, and we won't have any of these problems. Okay, I'm done on this rant about David Bell. So let's talk about the good things that happened. Well, 
I'll say it. Votto, two for five. A run in an RBI. Hit a home run. He's getting the heat up. Derek Dietrich, two for fourth and a run. That guy should probably be the starter. What they probably need to do is literally just play Jose Peraza in center, Puig in right, Winker in left, have Kemp hit against left-handed pitchers, and, it, and play Derek Dietrich at second base, and Iglesias at shortstop. When Jeanette comes up, he'll go to second. Peraza stays in center. When Nick Senzel comes up, Nick Senzel can either play center, which he has no business playing center, or actually he needs to play shortstop. He used to have him play shortstop for about three weeks in the minors. He'll be ready to come up and take over the leadoff position for the Reds. So, what other good things happened? Uh, Kirk Casale hitting good, hitting the ball real good. And uh, that goes back to my game recap yesterday when I was saying, hey, man, you need to send a message to that, that clubhouse. You need to trade a star. So I'm all for continuing my talk about trading Tucker Barnhart to send a message to that clubhouse that this, this lazadaisical losing will not be tolerated. And I'm not blaming all the players. I'm more blaming the front office because the Reds started out, what, 3-15 and 15 last year, cost Brian Price his job. Now they're 1-7. and seven. Now, what, what hasn't changed the last few years? The front office. And I'm not talking about Nick Kroll. I'm talking about the Walt Jockery, Dick Williams one-two punch that's been there for like 12 years now. Okay, so let's 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 just be honest. Let's let's get the monkey or the elephant out of the room. Last year, three and 15, they hung it on David Price, who said trying to win in Cincinnati is like pissing up a rope. Remember that? And I'm pretty sure he was talking about the front office. Uh, dichotomy with Dick Williams and his parents being some part owners and Walt Jockety being there forever and this uh, cronyism that's going down, nepotism that's going down. So I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to get the Reds mad at me. I'm just trying to say, look at, look at what's going on, people. What's the difference between last year and this year? They have new players this year. They got Kemp. They got Farmer, who... You know, had a home and got the scoring going after 60 innings of uh, shutout baseball against the Reds. Uh, Kyle Farmer hit a two-run jack to get him on the board. That was great. Congratulations, Kyle Farmer. But I really want you guys to listen to what I'm saying and think about this. The Reds were three and 15 last year. Cost Brian Price his job. No, I know I said that. I want you to think about what I'm saying. 3 and 15 last year, Brian Price loses his job. Now they're 1 and 7 this year. What hasn't changed? They've got rid of some players, they've improved the pitching staff, but what is the same? So the losing is the same, and what else is the same? The front office. And I am not here to I don't want to sandbag Dick Williams. Or Walt Jockety. I do not like Walt Jockety as the Reds general manager. I thought he took a super young core of Reds, uh, core of young talent, and didn't do enough. Traded away everybody that was even good, but he did keep the young core around. All his trades were horrible. All Dick Williams' trades have been horrible. And don't tell me about the silver lining uh, Jose Praza because Jose Praza's new nickname at the and Reds line is Silver Lining because he's the only player that has even panned out of the Dick Williams Walt Jockety trades. Okay, and no, I don't want to hear about Disco working out. 
He's only been healthy for like 25 starts three years ago. We'll see at the end of this season. But ultimately, I think Dick uh, Disco's a reliever. But back to the thing. I want you to think about, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, last year, David, not David Price, Brian Price gets fired after a 3-15 and start. Now they're 1-7 and under David Bell. The losing's the same. The offense having problems scoring runs is the same. What else is the same? It's the front office. It's a philosophy. You cannot have no center fielder and 92 left fielders on a 25-man roster. I'm just sorry you can't. And you can't be signing bench players for $2.5 million and $2 million taking up precious salary when you could put all those $2.5 millions together, throw a little bit more money at the deal, and have you a solid player to go in the bullpen or, yes, even have a $20 million player in the rotation. This philosophy off of running the budget on a budget, while that is true in a lot of businesses, but it's how you allocate the funds of that budget. You don't need to spend it. Let me put it this way. Cincinnati Reds front office, you don't need to baseline budget. That means you don't just need to spend it because it's in your budget. You need to spend it strategically. You need to allocate the salaries strategically to fill these holes. And that's why I went back to Matt Kemp's $14.5 million. You did great by pivoting Devin Mezzarocco's uh, $12 or $13 million salary last year into Matt Harvey because you needed a starter and you used – you didn't lose any money. You didn't spend any money. You just pivoted that salary of Mezzarocco for Matt Harvey, and he filled a need. So in the same way, in December, you got you pivoted Homer Bailey's salary for Alex Wood, Puig, and Kemp. So you did great. But then you got Matt Kemp only on hook for $14.5 million. You should have went out there. And I know that you checked the tires on Zach Grinke because it was reported on Twitter and I don't know if it was Ken Rosenthal or John Morrissey or whoever it was, but I got the Twitter link that you kicked the tires on Grinky. So you you had to go take that $14.5 million and allocate it to a need. So where are we now? Okay, so I just want everybody who's listening to Red's line, this game recap of Red's line, to understand what is still there. What's the same? You're trying to blame it on all these different things, on players, on everything. And you know what? I I give a little blame to Scott Shebler and Jose Peraza for fielding and being striking out in Shebler's case. I'm not going to say I'm not. But what I want you to think about, it's just not those players' fault. It's a philosophy of failure. And what's the same? Last year, 3-15. and This year, 1-7. Do you understand it's the front office that's the same. Now, Nick Craw was promoted to be GM, but he's been with the team longer than anybody. He's been with the team longer than Nick Craw, or sorry, Dick Williams or Walt Jockety. So Dick Williams was just promoted himself from GM to the president of baseball operations when they were in the middle of that losing streak last year, and they brought up Nick Craw to the general manager position because the GM takes a lot of heat. So I want you to... I want you to Forget about Nick Craw for a second. 
I want you to understand who has been here. Who is the problem with this Reds franchise? Last year, 3-15. and 15. This year, 1-7. and seven. They've changed personnel. They've changed managers. Do you see what I'm saying? And I've been saying this for a long time. Walt Jockety and uh, Chris Gopp, or whatever his name was, who they removed this year, have been horrible at drafting. And don't don't tell me about Taylor Trammell and Hunter Green and all these guys that have just got uh, have just been recent since t- 2009. This team has not produced one starting position player. Okay, that has graduated to the major leagues. Jesse Winker is the latest person has done it. Nick Senzel hasn't even got up yet. So he will actually be the neck the basically the first full-time player that this regime has drafted, developed and will become a starter. Cuz you can't even say Jesse Winker's a starter. Now, I will say Tucker Barnhart is another example. So, but he is a catcher. He is defensive first. He got the gold glove. So, yeah, there is a few little nuances here, but they haven't developed any left fielders, right fielders, center fielders. They haven't developed anybody in the field besides Tucker Barnhart, who's been, like, taking on full-time job as far as position player. And as far as pitching, forget about it. Mike Leake is the only starter that Walt Jockety ever drafted. And, they, and, and you know what? They didn't even develop him. He, hit, he never even played in the minor leagues. So just think about what I'm saying, people. What's the same? What is the same? What is the same? And then you'll come to the conclusion that Jared Roberts of Res Nation number 4192 and his world-famous 99.7 percentage of always being right might know something about this little game we call baseball, baseball operations, and player development. And, uh, you know, just go down the list, man. Scouting, profiling of players, knowing where what players fit, what you know, what position based on how they look, their body build. You know, trying to figure out if a pitcher is going to be able to, you know, develop into a starter, if his stuff's going to be able to be a starter, or if you're going to have to convert him to a reliever. I mean, how many times have I been right on this stuff? You know? The Reds need an overhaul at the top. So, let's talk about the bad things. David Bell's sixth inning was a highlight of his inexperience as a manager. I don't think he knows what he's doing. Other bad things. Well, I think that's it. Besides Russell, and you can't blame Russell Glacius. They threw him out there for a third inning. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I am. Tired of getting upset at David Bell. I love the Reds. I want him to win. But at some point, you guys, and I've just harped on it for the last 10 minutes, at some point, Reds Nation, you have got to look at what is the same. Look at all the changes, but then look what's the same, my friends. And you'll understand that I only want what's best for this franchise. I love Cincinnati Reds. I love everything about them. I love the entire story of this franchise that's 150 years old. But they got to get cronyism out. They got to get nepotism out. They got to have a check 
and balances of power between the owner, the front office, and the field manager. And I'm not trying to say anything weird like checks and balances of power. It's just like you got to have three different entities to run this team all having ideas and not having a top-down, um, basically, I want to say, some kind of a hierarchy where there's only orders given, orders received, that's it. you got to have uh, checks and balances of power. So there's three different units going, okay, this is how it's going to be, this is how it's going to be, this is how it's going to be. And you got to hire somebody and trust them to do their job. So... I'm probably talking way inside deep baseball planning, and it's probably like, this is the most boring podcast on the planet for the Reds, but I just want to tell you, I'll talk about one more good thing. Tanner Rourke pitched admirably. Josh Bell had his number today. If it wasn't for Josh Bell, uh, Tanner Rourke would have been even better. The mistake that David Bell made was pulling Rourke. He should have let him go out there to the sixth inning and try and get out of there with 10 to 15 pitches. The guy's not a 22-year-old, 25-year-old young rookie pitcher. He's been around. He's 30, 31 years old, maybe 32. He's a big guy. He can go out there and pitch 100, 102 pitches over six innings. The guy's been around, okay? You don't got to baby him like a Castillo or a Male. And... Um, now I'm not gonna lie. If it was Male at 93 over five, yeah, I would have pulled him. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not even making that uh, claim that I wouldn't have. But I would have damn sure not blew Jared Hughes up after two batters. I damn sure wouldn't have used 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 Yolo whatever used three relievers in the sixth. That's the problem, David Bell. They got to get rid of a, one, that, uh, the eighth reliever, and they got to get a veteran bench coach like Wally Backman in there to, to do some in-game planning so David Bell can have all the information to his disposal. So anyway, where do we go from here? Like I said, they got to do a trade. They got to shake up that clubhouse. I told you what needed to be done. It's a most makes most sense. San Diego Padres got a really gifted uh, uh, farm team. You trade Tucker Barnhart. You get Francisco Mija back. You get Luis Patino back. And you get uh, Logan Allen back. That'll give you a pipeline of young starters coming up after uh, Alex Wood. Tanner Roark are gone. And you'll have a uh, catcher of the future. And I know we got Tyler Stevenson, but that's not the point. Mija can take over midseason from Castillo on the starting duties. Castillo. Not Castillo. Kirk Asali. Kirk Asali is fine. I think he's a really – I think he can be a starter on most teams, to be quite honest with you. So that's why I want to say they need to take Tucker Barnhart, flip him to the Padres, get those three players back. Francisco Mejia goes right in the 25-man roster. And over the season, we see a switch from Casale to Mejia getting most of the playing time. And I'll guarantee you what, Mejia's got so much power that he might be the cleanup hitter you know, before you know it. Um, the only other thing I can suggest is they need to move Valdi to the thir- three hole. And the reason I want to say this is because, you know, we've seen, uh, Mike Trout used in the two hole. Well, you know what? Mike Trout's got wheels, man. He can steal 40, 50 bases. Joey Votto don't have wheels. 
And uh, Joey Votto has everything else but wheels. So I would think that the Reds need to play, uh, have Jesse Winker lead off, and then they need to have uh, Matt Kemp probably hit second. He's a high on-base percentage guy. He's starting every day. I think his career is 340-350 OBP. And then you go with Votto, then you go with Suarez. And then you have your lineup go the rest of the way with uh, Peraza hitting sixth. So uh, that's all I want to say about that. I, I do believe that they need to move Votto to the three-hole. That'll help out the offense a little bit. Um, tomorrow, what do we got going on tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen? Well, it'll be another early game. And it'll be Disco versus Archer. Now, Archer is a good young fireballer. Got good stuff. I don't know if the... This is going to be a tough game for the Reds. I hope the offense kind of takes off where it left today. And I hope they can score four, five, six, seven runs off of the, the Pirates pitching. But, um, yeah. Uh, Disco... You know, I, I think he'll be able to hold this uh, Pittsburgh Pirates offense relatively low run numbers. And, yeah, right now I am at a loss for words, ladies and gentlemen, because, you know, I'm wore out. I don't like to be stressing out over the Reds. And another thing, yeah, uh, life's too short. Why stress out over the Reds? Well, I just care, okay? I care whether this team wins or loses. And I'm just tired of the front office and the owner just – not doing anything, and the owner not seeing what's going on, and I'm really mad at the fans for not acknowledging that the front office is a big problem. So, anyway, let's go back to tomorrow. It'll be Disco versus Archer. This will be a really interesting game. Archer was the ace for the uh, Tampa Bay Rays before uh, Snell started to take over as the ace. So, we'll see what's going to happen. Uh, you might see good Archer where the Reds get, you know, well, the Reds really struggle, or you might see Archer leaving the ball up in the zone and get hit around. Um, my prediction I think the Reds, I think today's loss was demoralizing, and that's why I think they made to make that trade. I'm going to say that the Reds will probably lose tomorrow, and it'll be a score of like four to two. So uh, that's going to be our Game 8 recap. It is April 6th, 2019. And uh, the Reds lost today in the bottom of the 10th by a score of 6-5. to five. And uh, let's all get a good night's rest. Let's get up in the morning. Let's... Uh, Watch the Reds, and let's see if uh, they can't pull a win out. But I, I am predicting a 4-2 to two loss tomorrow. And I'm not being negative. I just think that this loss is demoralizing. I think Disco's going to pitch relatively well tomorrow. But ladies and gentlemen, the bullpen has been wore out. David Bell has wore this bullpen out. And uh, I'm just afraid... That Disco is probably not going to last seven or eight innings. He's probably going to last five or six, if that. And we're going to have some problems. So, 
Yeah, I sound a little bit down in the dumps. I know that sounds unprofessional on a podcast, but I'm kind of wore out, man. I mean, the this David Bell sixth inning after I just, you know, eviscerated him yesterday for pulling Amir Garrett and only using him for one batter, and then the hitting the 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 pitching position coming up in the batting order at the top of the next inning just yesterday, and now today he he not only does that. He blows through three pitchers, three relievers. So, uh, Reds Nation, you are now exiting the Reds line zone. Please keep your uh, hands and feet and legs in the ride until it completely stops. And we're about to stop, Reds Nation. It's about to go down, and we're about to hopefully see some moves happen overnight. Something's got to happen. They need to demote somebody. They need to call somebody. They need to trade somebody. They need to hire somebody. And they need to get this team straightened out for the Cincinnati fans that deserve a winner.